I took a lot of LSD as a as a young man, a lot. It was a new thing, it was a scary thing at the time. You know, television and magazines were filled with lurid warnings of what might happen. From the very beginning, it was a very, very, very positive experience for me. You know, I don't know that, you know, my third eye opened or I became part of some cosmic unifying theory, nothing like that. It gave me an ability to understand that there are other angles to look at things. Opened me up to the possibility of alternate perspectives. It was helpful to me creatively and in some ways inspiring to me. It is a full-on mind and body, a sensory, uh, visual, audio-visual experience. I didn't come out of it thinking, wow, we're all, I've really changed my philosophy. I just think it made me more open-minded, a, a willingness and even an eagerness to step into other people's shoes, to look at the world from perspectives other than the ones that I was raised with. That said, I've really never felt the urge to, to do it again. I feel I kind of learned what I had to learn, and beyond that, it becomes more of a, a masturbatory uh, experience rather than an enlightening one. I think that it's a drug with a lot of positive things to be explored and a lot to be said for it. I would recommend that if you are mentally healthy, it is generally agreed upon that you are of sound mind and body with, I think, a good self-image and a sense of, of self-worth. You uh, don't have a, a family history of schizophrenia or manic depression. I would be open to be careful, probably supervised use or experimentation with LSD. I always found it useful to be around somebody with previous experience when doing it uh, in an environment that you feel safe and controllable. It's someplace even safer to go to hide if you start to like feel uncomfortable or paranoid or experience a negative reaction. And I always kept a big fistful of uh, antipsychotic drugs around just in case. So it's nice to have some Thorazine kicking around just in case uh, things go bad. We are recording to you from South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington, Studio 2, Uno 2. Oh. Part of the Soundcasting Network. This is going to be episode 107 of Girl How Long, Girl How Long Sick Is <laughs> um, Siete. Siete. Minutes. Come on, man. In English, you know, ice has got out. They're all locked up. <laughs> Homie, we, I, they might sweep us. If I we, know California's having problems uh, trying to keep up with their... Um, Fruit demand because crops are dying because there ain't no workers. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> I am uh, your host and producer for this episode. I am super producer Bobby Stills, aka uh, one of the hosts of this podcast. <laughs> Sitting across from me, uh, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Ooh. Dad of the year. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Introduce yourself, sir. I am Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> The, the Charmander. Yes. The Charmander. Charmander. Okay, the human Charmander <laughs> in African form, Afro-Latino form. Uh, we also have a guest today. I uh, Did I promote her saying she was coming on the show? Uh, no. No. Unpromoted? In your, in your regular life, yes, but not on All the right. show. Yeah, we're going to be talking to her. Introduce yourself. My name is Danny. What's your last name? Lowry. Danny Lowry. Lowry. A.K.A. Tawdry. <laughs> Audrey. I am. Oh, Tachi Audrey. Are you, doing that? So. Are you doing that anymore? No, I haven't been, but I do miss the stage. You know, my ex, I don't think I've announced it. Anyway, my ex is now doing that. She's, right I'll, on. I'll promote her stuff. Is that right burlesque? Here. Valtes. Mm. It's called, uh, I don't know, it's like a kind of sexy, like burlesque ish performance stuff. They got a, they did a show at Canalis. Canalis. Uh, more clothes, right? I don't know. She wears like a skin tight uh, <laughs> pleather cat outfit. <laughs> this is the one show she's done that I haven't seen since we kind of were on the rocks or whatever. I kind of let her do her own thing. And uh, Oh, you let her. That's nice. Stop. See? Exactly. Oh. No, no, no. Like I wasn't. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Well, no. I wasn't like trying to, you know, like she didn't. It was kind of weird on the rocks. So I'm, I'm like her number one fan. For sure. Just in life. But I wasn't, I wasn't invited. I wasn't. I wasn't invited to the show, so it was, uh, tickets sold out for the show hella fast. And you know me, slightly Jewish, uh, but I was like, 
am I on that list? Am I that plus one? But since we were on the rock, she was like, you are not the you plus one. You are not. So you are plus You must zero. purchase the ticket like uh, everyone else. And she I said was the like, boundary. I was like, I support you, but not that much. Uh. <laughs> no, I love you, Hannah. Oh. Uh. Uh, anyway, but yeah, check them out. They do a show at the Ruins, which used to be a private uh, dining club slash yeah. country club. I don't know what it is, but they're now open to the public. They were bought. It's a beautiful space, and they do a really, really sexy show, so check them out. I'll promote her. Uh, yeah, her. some of her co-artists uh, from the show came into my work at Jupiter on Gay Pride, and they're wearing no clothes yeah. <laughs> whatsoever, pasty. I mean, looking fresh to death. Uh-huh. And everybody in the place was talking about them because they looked hella good. Mm. And I was like, I know them. <laughs> of course you know them. I was like, I don't know them like that. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, a uh, couple things you want to talk about. You you know, uh, you want to talk about anything about June, baby? I don't really want to talk about Jupiter. Uh, June, baby. We had little Tabasco bottles with mm. our um, with our pictures. Not well, the June baby emblem saying mm-hmm. that we were the 2018 best restaurant. James best restaurant, James Beard. So I have one at my house. Everybody got one. It's pretty fun. Um, other than that, June baby is June baby. We're gonna have a patio soon. We're um, doing some things on the side, trying to expand business, and it's fun. I'm just sitting on the sidelines, just trying to make barbecue lit. You had a mm. special guest dining there the uh, last oh, week. Oh yeah, Ashy Larry. Uh, Ashy Larry. Um, <laughs> oh, I, wow. I I know him more as Donnell Rawlings. <laughs> um, you know the, his stage name, uh, Ashy Larry. Also uh, the I'm Rich <laughs> Bitch guy. Um, yeah, he came to the restaurant ate yesterday uh, for lunch, and nobody knew he was there. Um, I noticed him and was like, hey. That's, I think that's Donnell Rawlings. And everyone's like, who's that? And I'm like, I'm rich, bitch. And then everyone's like, oh, oh shit. yeah. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> Chef chases him down and, you know, they have a little chat and take a picture and it's and it's all good. But That was um, a dope picture. Yeah, you know, it's just good. Looks like your chef's throwing up gang signs. No, he's throwing up peace. He's like, sir. <laughs> um, but it's it's cool. You know, I, it's it's fun to see the support from the black community from all over um, just coming to it is a nice that day. love. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like it a lot. And I like it that I liked that he was so under the radar that he was able to eat there and probably didn't even have, you know, he just had a regular ass experience and nobody you know, bugging him. Nobody bugging him, mm-hmm. and that's probably good. I wish I would have knew he was there because I would have blew him the fuck up. Right. But, <laughs> you know, you can only do so much with your servers. Okay, now on to the show. Uh, we're going to listen to something real quick and uh, we can comment on it while it's playing if we would like to. Oh, okay. uh, but then we'll talk to Danny afterwards. So we have four local job training programs at Fair Start. We have our Fair Start. Adult oh, culinary shit. program, which is the students that you see tonight are a part of that Oh, program. no, you didn't. We also oh, have yes, a youth culinary training program. <laughs> I cut out a lot of the other stuff, like the other bullshit. I got you. We'll, like, rep the chef and stuff after this. And that is a program to help people scale up into higher wage culinary jobs. So those are the main programs that we have here. And one thing that is really unique about Fair Start is that our students not only get hands-on culinary training, but they also get life skills classes, wraparound case management, and other supportive services to help help them get stability and find employment. And in my role, I am an employment specialist in our Adele program, and um, I am based out of our Pacific Tower location, and all of the students in the adult program rotate through that location. And one thing that is really unique about that, it means that I get to meet with basically every single student that goes to the adult program, and then get to be here in phase three and see the transformation that they've made from when they were at the beginning of the program to the end, and that is something that's really special to be a part of, and to get to see that progress that they've made in the weeks, and in a little while here, you're gonna get to hear from some graduates and hear about their journeys, and being able to work here and be a part of that is just something that is really special. So thank you all for being here and helping support that. So um, I am now going to hand it over to Chef Sasha for the graduation portion of the evening. Thank you, Jada. I'd like to invite our graduates up to the stage at this time. I believe that's you, Scott. Come on up. Give them a round of applause, everybody. He wasn't trying to come to the stage. I didn't even know he was there at this point. <laughs> I thought it was the only one. Uh, uh. Ladies, ladies first. All right. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we cannot do what we do without you. Your support this evening and all through the year makes it all of this possible. Thank you so much for being here to support our celebrate our students tonight at graduation. 
Um, Danny, what a wonderful night for you to graduate. Women's night. It's all these amazing women's chefs. Um, I didn't even know. <laughs> and you have been a rock star the entire time you've been here. I remember you coming into the phase one kitchen with a fire in your belly. Like you knew that you were going to do this. You knew what you wanted. You were so focused. Um, you just, you seem just to have your eye on the prize the entire time. Sounds like she's about to cry. Um, I know, really. through what all of the chefs had to say about you, your time here, I keep coming with the same things. Like, she's just so focused. She's so driven. Um, she works so hard. So it's a great work ethic. Um, you have great touch with food. You have just, you know, what comes to mind when I think of you in the kitchen is grace. Like, you're just graceful. Um, you're focused, you, there's no movement loss. Like you know what you're doing. Uh, it doesn't look like you're working very hard. It looks very easy. She makes it look really That's easy. Um, but you look at what she gets done at the end of the day and she gets it done. She's the real deal. Um, it would not surprise me at all to see you owning a restaurant someday of your own in the city or another city. Right. Like, Don't do it. Totally not even that. thinking about it. Um, <laughs> Chef Wiley said it's a force to be reckoned with. And no, if any of you know Chef Wiley, he does not offer praise um, that easily. Like if he says it, he means it. And um, she is a force to be reckoned with. Um, she's been working at Allstat Tell me you don't for a while my now. On here. Oh, you um, know she's it. Yeah. <laughs> you sound good. You're mad comfortable up there. Many many chefs uh, when they've been here, and I know in a couple of weeks, um, she's gonna start working with the James Beard Award winner, mm. um, Eduardo Jordan, at June. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. black absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? I've heard of this place. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy to see you up here tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. The last thing I was here to was to um, support one of my fellow students for his graduation. He showed up with a big piece of paper and a long speech written, and I did not do that. <laughs> um, when I first came to Fair Start, it wasn't because I wanted to learn how to cook or even consider, well, I did want to consider it, but working in a kitchen, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I'm in early recovery, and I needed to find some way to fill my days. And having 17 years experience in front of the house and bartending, I was terrified to go back to work in that state. So I came here, and it turns out that working in a restaurant, you just stay working in a restaurant. You, you just it. do. I mean, so <laughs> draws you back. Tractor beam. I love it. Absolutely. This is my home, and these are my people. So. This has been fantastic. Um, gaining skills, and, and not just in the kitchen, but um, Chef Dan always says this program is, is um, more than just cooking. It's, it's about our life skills. And I've had the great pleasure to work with lots of people who have come up, and I get to see them grow from day one. And it's been phenomenal and very Best inspiring. part about it, really was. My favorite part about this program is that it has taught me that I am my own greatest resource if I'm just willing to reach out and ask for help when I need it. And uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful to be here tonight. That's all I've got. Thanks. Sean Simpson in the background. I see you. I see you, girl. <laughs> so, uh, a little context for that. Uh, we've talked about the Fair Start program on the show before. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one of the culinary directors, Karen Nelson, on here for a while, uh, but we have not had anybody who actually went through the program. I've never even spoke with anybody that's went through the program. I've only uh, dealt. I've volunteered there before, and I've only dealt with guest chefs there. So, maybe give a quick overview of what the program consists of and what you actually went through. Tell us. Some more listeners. So it was a 16 week program, so four months. Um, and it was really about learning basic skills, something that's going to get you a job, most likely prep cook, just first steps into a kitchen. And most of the people that I trained with had no kitchen experience or very, very little. So yeah, it was, it was pretty basic, which is good for me because I've never worked in a kitchen. And uh, when I do cook but at you've home- worked, But you've worked in the industry right, before. You've been a right. bartender and a server for a long time. Right, but I've never assumed that I would be like allowed to set foot in the kitchen. <laughs> Get the fuck off the line. Yeah, unless you're gonna wash dishes, back the fuck off. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we went through a lot of basic skills. Um, and then that was also paired with life skills. Cause a lot of the kids that I was in the program with, um, just got out of prison, had major hiring barriers like myself. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a pretty well-rounded program and, um, it was lengthy. It was Monday through Friday, like eight hours a day, up early, out at Only four. eight hours a day? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> now, now my days are short, like nine hours, right? <laughs> no, it was it was really good, and a lot of it I could take and apply. And a lot of it I knew already, but I didn't go in with an attitude like I knew something. You know, I was ready to learn. As you should. Perfect. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about that dinner. So who was your guest chef? You cooked during the day that day. Who was your guest chef that night? Um, the head chef for Portage Bay. Yeah, I remember his I name. I don't remember his name. And what was up with somebody that like did one of the chefs drop out? Like they had like uh, somebody step in. Remember I I deleted that from the interview, but they're like last minute, I think it was one of the head chefs at the other I'm place. I'm not sure because when I I looked up who was cooking for me. It was the week before, and that was the chef that I saw. Oh, I was not a big fan of that meal. Mm, it was it was pretty run of the mill for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was it was like beet salad. Yeah, had yeah, it. great. <laughs> uh, and then I'm pretty sure that fish was frozen. Yeah, that was the first thing. Me and Jake were like, "This shit's frozen." I hardly ate. I was just so nervous. I was like, "Just do this thing," you know. Yeah, it's, it's really good that they um, spent some time in there. So do you want to talk about kind of what led you to Fair Start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went into treatment for addiction um, at the end of September, early October. And uh, I went in with the mindset that I was a drug addict and not an alcoholic and came out realizing I was addicted to all the things. Um, so, like, getting back into the working environment, which I've been working nonstop since I was 18. I'm, you know, I like to work. I love what I do. I love being good at it. You're good at what you do too. Oh, fuck yeah. I love it. And, um, I was terrified to go back behind the bar, obviously didn't need to be around booze and, yeah. you know, lots of places that I have worked have had like heavy use on, on the, uh, the restaurant the industry. It's the fucking thing. It's promoted some most of the time. Absolutely. So, um, I moved into a recovery house and one of my roommates introduced the Fair Start program to me. She's like, you already worked in restaurants. You should check this out. And I was like, yeah, I need some time. I need something to do during the day. You know, I need somewhere that they're like, be here at this time. OK, I'll show up. So I started doing that. And like I said, I had no really no intentions of getting a job in a kitchen, but I was really open minded about it. And um, I really fell into a groove with it. You know, it was something that felt really comfortable for me. And halfway through the program, I think I started to realize it's something that I could pursue as a job. So um, it got to the point where I wanted to be really choosy about my workplace, you know, and we had our guest chef night. My first one was with Eduardo Jordan <laughs> and Rita and Kyle. And I really loved how all of them were in the kitchen. It reminded me of being in a kitchen that I enjoyed the way it was being run because I worked with lots of chefs that I didn't like before. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all have. Absolutely. Um, but I reached out to them the next day. I just sent them like just a really sincere thank you, just an honest, I wanted to acknowledge what they did and, and the effect that it left on myself and, and um, the other students in there. And I had kind of built a correspondence with Chef Eduardo from there. <laughs> How far into the program did you and did you start at Allstat and what position did you start out at? Um, oh man, that was rough. I started, <laughs> let's see, um, I had a minor surgery on my wrist so I was out for four weeks. I would have graduated m May 11th and I ended up graduating June 8th and um, I talked with uh, the chef at Allstat like second week of May and I was like you know in the interview with my wrist and a cast like obviously I can't work right now but I got an okay to go back to work on the 22nd of May so I started on the 25th there and I thought it was going to be a little bit more entry level but they had me doing the whole line I did grill saute they make sausage in house right yeah totally oh, yeah. and I didn't have an opportunity to do any of that because there was no time for prep they just threw me on the line and well, they that, need a body yeah man and and um the first I, couple days were really rough but by the third day I was like I'm actually kind of picking this up but it was it was hard for a first timer I helped build that kitchen out did you really 
Yeah. One of the ex-owners used to be one of my friends. And All right. He knew that I'd built some places down in Belltown. And he yeah. was like, hey, we need a hand. And uh, you work in the kitchen. And you get yeah. And I was like, sure, man. Give me some money. Mm-hmm. And I like a uh, good fact about that place. A lot of that, uh, all that wood in that place mm-hmm. was all reclaimed. Mm. Nice. So... I like the layout there. I think it's really comfortable. It's a beautiful space. If you guys haven't checked it out, it is uh, around 1st and Washington. It's based out mm-hmm. like it's kind right. of a German beer hall Yeah, style. it is. It is. So check it out. The, a lot of stuff's made in-house. Most of it. So your experience there was eh, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was hard. It was hard going in. I started to doubt whether or not I was going to be able to survive in a kitchen environment. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, it's... it. It takes all sorts, and uh, well, it just goes to show what they were looking for. They were kind of looking for somebody. They needed a cook. Yeah, every know? place needs a cook. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of the state, but it's it's good. It seems like you're very comfortable over at Solari right now. Yeah, for sure. I thought you were going to June, baby. Well, I'm going to do both. Both. Yeah, we're we're yeah, dab- yeah. we have dabblers as I mm-hmm. like to call them. Mm-hmm. They dabble in a little bit of this. There's a, a some restaurants I've been noticing a lot. Uh, it's it's weird. Uh, it starts off that they will allow that you to hop between restaurants, uh, and then there's a couple restaurants now that are very strict on not letting you go to work at other places because they don't want that. They want you to focus on one place because uh, bad habits tend to bleed onto other mm. uh, Yeah, but when kitchens. you work for uh, Chef Eduardo Jordan, those bad habits, uh, they don't exist. Mm. True. Mm. I don't know. I never worked for no, them. It, never worked <laughs> for them. Kitchens all have their bad habits. But, you know, we try to keep it pretty. He runs the kitchen pretty much the same way at both places, especially since our current sous chef is his was his ex right hand from Barsayor and from Ju- or and from Solari. So he knows how his kitchen was ran. And when we started, he ran that kitchen the same way. So we, you know, we pretty much feel pretty comfortable. Actually, one of our cooks had to leave early the other day because he had an emergency to go to. And we actually pulled someone from Solari who had never worked with us over there. But he just jumped in online. Gian nice. came over nice. and jumped in online and just helped us out and got us through the night. There's this thing now to where I, and you'll get there, Danny, mm. but it took me a lot of years to where I feel that I'm comfortable enough in my my cooking skills um, to where you could put me on any line right. and I will adapt and learn real fast to fit in because there's a crew mentality of the way and you got to learn to play your position. Well, I think it's also important because most places do one day stages. So if, if you can't adapt in one day, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to get the gig. Mm. No, I mean a lot of times during stages they just want to see that you can cook. Well, well, yeah, but you get you get hired with more money. Yeah, yeah. If you show leadership That's skills, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta work that system, baby. <laughs> get that paper. Ah. I'm not trying to work anything. Oh man, I'm just trying to open up a food truck and just like <laughs> kick it. <laughs> I know. Every time Johnny's one of those people is like every time we interview somebody who's doing something cool, you see Johnny's brain start to fire off and his eyes widen like, and go like, I can do that, dude, uh-huh. and we can. Possible. Totally, totally. It's totally possible. I just have a child right now, and <laughs> it's very difficult to do <laughs> anything other than just full. focus. So well, that's one of those things with Danielle. Is like you know, it's like she didn't think she could work in a kitchen. And yeah, exactly. You just got to do it. Well, once I refinance my house and my son turns one, which will be in a month, Ooh. then oh no, then oh, we wow. will. Then we can start you know moving. But baby that, steps. That, yeah, that first year of child of having a kid, it's like you have to be there. It's yeah. very important. Like my son and I have a very close bond now. So now that we have that bond. I can break it. Yeah, we got to have the patience, like knowing that it's there, what we want. Yeah, it's exactly. It's still going to be there. Just, yeah. you know, keep it keep it there. And I want to be able to do it at the same time as working at June Baby because I do enjoy working there. So I'm like mm. trying to find a way of like perfecting what I want to do in a pop-up at home and then trying mm-hmm. to execute it that way. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. People keep trying to drag me into that pop-up scene and I'm like... It's the new thing, man. It's fuck a, fuck a restaurant. When did that become a thing? Uh, probably two years ago. Okay, yeah, three I just years started ago. noticing it. At yeah. least here in Seattle. Now it's really, really popular and people are becoming incubators as we learned the name of it is. Um, well, I knew about that. Well, I didn't. Installations, installations incubators. incubators. Shout out Eric Riviere was our last guest here. We 
wanted to congratulate him on. He told us that he was going to take over Royal Drummer. Yeah, and, and he, he did, did it, and it became a new incubator spot. But yes. I think I think what it is is like there's so many cooks. It's a transplant city for cooks. Mm. Um, we're in this social media era where it's like you don't even Yelp anymore. You go to the Instagram. You go to the Facebook. You try to look at the pictures of what's going on. Yelp is dead, fool. Mm. I hope so. But it's, it's like enough. in order to do that, you get you know you you people are trying to put out their best work at one shot. You know they're like okay this is me. Uh, here we go. And you know you can tell by these people's Instagram pages that are just flooded with all this random food. And you're like how do you have the space and the time to do this? And it's because they're not cooking at home. They're cooking at commissary, yeah, or somebody's real kitchen, or at and stuff like that. Installation at a with beautiful plates and stuff like that. Up. And they yeah. showcase their work, and that's how people are getting, you know, gigs. Now. It's that by any right. means necessary attitude. Uh, I wanted, to, I did want to shout out Hala Echohawk, ex contributor, ex contributor to uh, Grill How Long Steak, Mister ex co host. Uh, she is uh, her birch basket is doing very very well. Uh, she survived her first couple of pop ups. We're gonna get her indigenous ass on here. <laughs> <laughs> Pawnee, 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 She's doing great. I'm super proud of her, but she's one of those people. I can just see her freaking out, pulling her hair out at home because she's just, she, it's one of those things me and John are talking about before the show. Uh, as long as it comes together in the end. Uh, and you have a good service, uh, it's successful. Yeah. Uh, and you I get, mean, I and think you get that money. I mm. think food is stressful in general until after you're done with it and you look back on it and you're like, yeah, I did it. Like the other day, my buddy that works lunch with me, he was like, how do we always get set up for service on time? Like every single time, 11 o'clock is here and we're we like, have to. yeah. And it's like, cause it has to happen right. and we make it happen. But it's like, you're running around. For you guys help each other I love out. That oh yeah. Though. Oh yeah. And that's just, but then you're thinking about it. I start writing lists out for myself and I'm like, all right, so I got heat this up I gotta heat that up I gotta mm -hmm. grab this I gotta do this and I'm just like there's no way it's gonna get mm. done and then you get it all on the range and you're like oh now I'm in weight mode so I'm gonna start like doing a little cleaning here and mm -hmm. then you pull everything off the range and then you set and then you're set you're done you cool it down cord it up ready for service mm -hmm. I, I make a lot of shit for lunch the day of I had a <laughs> We had like a, a one of our surprise visits from the health department come in. Ooh. Awesome. And I had, it was like, I knew they were coming in four months, but this lady, there's a new thing they do where they come in halfway. And if mm -hmm. you, if you ace everything, there's no problems. They don't come back. They, they don't come back for six months. Mm. So it's like a temporary, they could check every four months or whatever. I don't know what it is, but she just popped in on me and I was like, oh shit. And I was outside and I was like, I think everything is like on point in the kitchen. It should be. I mean, that's just how I am. Mm -hmm. But I went in there and she was just just like super impressed and I had her answer I was like answering all the shit before she even had to ask me like oh nice. this yes this was cool in the two inch pan that yes this is you know all this shit and I was like here and I showed her where all the temp gauges I had my list of like temps and times and stuff yeah. and she was like Jesus man you're on top of your shit and I was like well we're not that busy so <laughs> I got, I got time I, I got, got plenty time. extra time to fill with all my other shit but uh, it's just amazing we get compliments all the time about how clean our kitchen is yeah it is very now. Clean. It's it, nice. It smells. I mean, it's it's a new kitchen, so I'm very on top of. Well, and that front space heat. you have that's out in the area is a it's lot. The first more, thing you see. Yeah, it's the first thing you see. It's a, and it's an open space, you know. Like in the back, it seems it's a little bit more free to move around yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good looking spot, you know. Yeah. How strict were they on cleaning and keeping your station stocked and all that stuff at Fair Start? I mean, um, that's part of it. it's not just cooking. Is not we talk about it on the show. All the time, yeah. being able to cook does not make you a chef. Um, it's everything. Organization, it's mise en place, it's cleaning, it's uh, leadership. Uh, you know, do they teach teach you all that kind of stuff? Yeah, totally. Working clean was huge. Mise en place was huge, mm -hmm. um, and um, also um, no waste was huge. You know what you can keep, what you can't keep. Man, I've had a, a chef almost smack me. This was years ago, <laughs> but walk by the trash can. Mm -hmm. and see some herbs or some shit mm -hmm. and just pull it out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yep. And I'm like, that's like 32 cents worth of stuff. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. It's just, it's the waste. No, right. that's somebody, right there. somebody picked that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? How much care went into that? And you know, you need to use that. Think, think about it. If you see the dry or the little, like the wilty tops of chives or something, <laughs> if chef sees that in the compost, he's like, why don't we turn that into something? Why do you make throw it in a stock? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throw it, yeah. Make yeah. vinegar, make, you know, yeah. oil, do something with it. And yeah. so we're just, uh, so I'm, we're always I'm all about that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you're like, okay, I can't really like, 
we can't do this. And he was like, all right, cool. Who like, you're not going to save all the carrot tops. Would you? No. Right. I mean, would you remember we did a show, oh, shit, over a year ago, uh, Chef Massimo. Mm. Went down to Brazil for the Olympics yeah. and did an entire meal for all of the homeless or mm-hmm. poor people down there mm. with Strictly Waste. Wow. He went into all the restaurants in Brazil and took all their waste. Yeah, it's like free food. Yeah. yeah. And he created a meal just to show. And it's just to show that what you can do with how much, how wasteful restaurants are. Oh, Dude. yeah. It's like a bruised tomato toss it. Like, no, yeah. you make it into a sauce. <laughs> imperfect, uh, what's that? Imperfect uh, produce? Have you guys heard of that? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I said no. Then no, said, and then yeah. I remember I saw a picture and it was like a, something that looked really weird. It was like like a tomato that was all oddly shaped. Yeah, but it's it's Yeah, I saw an ad for it randomly. Yeah, it's a great website, but it's a uh, produce that the restaurants don't pick right. uh, or use or um uh, stores, grocery stores don't want to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they sell it to the, but it tastes just as good. It's just fine. Right? It's just not uh, pleasing, appetizing to the eyes. But it's food. Uh, I shop at Grocery Outlet. So. Mm, gross out. The gross out. Shout out Gross Out, man. Organic. So they good. got organics there that right? are crazy. Uh, I've become a, smoo- a smoothie god. I wish so that their ice cream uh-huh. selection was a little bit better. It's I like, don't eat that shit. Man. I don't need a five gallon uh-huh. jug of Neapolitan ice cream. I <laughs> no, <laughs> you regret that. Yeah, it's like, I just want a pint of vanilla <laughs> to go with, like, you know. All right. So how is it um, your sobriety and working in the restaurant industry? You're still in sober living, correct? Yeah, I am. I'm going to be there for a bit. Do you want to shout out your facility? Yeah, West Seattle Oxford House. I love the ladies I live with. Oh, shit. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) If you had told me a year ago that I was going to be happily living with six other women, I would have laughed in your face. Um, But it's pretty impressive um, how we are all very different and we all come together for for the right reason. And um, people call me out on my bullshit, you know. It's it's a recovery house, so it's pretty serious. I mean, we we look at our sobriety like it's either that or it's death. You know, it's that way for a lot of the women there. And um, when I did have my relapse right out of treatment, I recognized that, yeah, I could see myself, you know. Were you in the facility when you had your relapse? No, I got out, and within five days, I had a glass of wine. Three days later, I was in jail. Like, oh. boom. I finally understood the progression of it. So, so I've been, I'm almost a month sober. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that I, it really doesn't count. I had went to a wedding like two weeks ago, uh-huh. and I had uh, two glasses of rosé, a glass of champagne, and a glass of white wine. And mm. I was fucking hammered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided I went straight home and whatever. But uh, yeah, I've been drinking. If I go out, I drink uh, club soda, ginger beer. Bitters, splash cran, lime. Yeah, man. In a rocks glass. Yeah. That way I don't have to tell people I'm not drinking. Yeah, no, that's totally the way to be. It still looks yeah. like a cocktail, right? You gotta have yeah. like a Then fa- people a, a don't mocktail. have to ask you about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love mocktail, man. The best thing I was feeding all the babies at the wedding, I was uh. letting them drink out of my cup and people were tripping, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? I was like, there's no alcohol in it. <laughs> it's like, all good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, it's been really good. I mean, I've been doing it for a lot of reasons. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people had like I didn't blow up on Facebook about it. I mean, I'm not really on Facebook that much. Anymore. I haven't told. I really haven't told anybody. My friends just haven't been really seeing me going out right. too much lately. And then when I do go out dancing or some shit like that, mm-hmm. they just ask me if they if I want some drink. I say no, but I get myself something, mm-hmm. and they don't even fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do now. That <laughs> uh, my friends don't listen to this shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have any friends. Yeah, I didn't want to blow anything up on Facebook, but... Uh, I noticed that a bunch of people that I used to hang out in the past were talking about it. It was crazy. I was really surprised. And it Most of the time, it's, for, with it's it. for health reasons. Uh, I have a couple friends that are going sober, and it's because their organs can't take. They've abused yeah, sure. out, drugs and or alcohol for so many years. It's destroyed their insides. Yeah, it's fine. And they're just like, yeah, we're old now. Uh-huh. So just like that. I just don't like being out there. And it does. It leads. The problem with alcohol is it's not that necessarily you even have an alcohol problem it's that the alcohol leads to other substances word that alcohol, alcohol yeah lowers your inhibitions for sure and you're like you know and that's kind of gets to my problem too is where it's yeah. like so really alcohol is the gateway drug not, 
not the marijuana. Not the devil's no. lettuce. I don't know. I, I take CBDs. That's about, I don't really Well, you know weed. that first medic- mm-hmm. medical marijuana. marijuana uh, <laughs> well, the FDA just uh, let a medical marijuana used for seizures go through. So they're going to start producing something like that. And not like weed is F- taking. pharma, the- big pharma is going to start taking over marijuana. Well, yeah. And it's like, it's really awesome. The only reason why I kind of brought this up was because I was on Netflix the other day and they have a show on there that's all about, uh, it's like a edible, it's like a cannabis cooking competition. Like mm-hmm. two chefs come in, they cook for some celebrity guest chefs or uh, guest judges and they have to use a certain strain of marijuana. So they're like, oh, this is that cookies or the sherbet or, you know, strawberry cough or like all this stuff. Gorilla glue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have to make it. But I, but the cool thing about it is, it's like you're not trying to blow up the person. You're not trying to get them ridiculously stoned. You're trying to cook with balance at the same time. Yeah. Most of the stuff they cook is garbage. But, you know, they're, they're it's not like, you know. You're, People cook with coffee. They're not trying to get you fucking right. all caffeinated. No, exactly. Right. So, Sugar. But it's just, it's just kind of cool to see that, like, pop up on Netflix. You know, like, it's like this weed revolution is happening now. And... There's a couple of bars and restaurants here in Seattle that yeah. they uh, make drinks with. Uh, well, California's cannabis. doing private fucking mm. dinners with edible dinners. Oh, that shit's going on here too. It's just underground. Oh yeah, it's it's very underground. Uh, Danny, are you uh, partaking in the, the marijuana? No, I live completely abstinence-free. Good. I never liked pot. Well, no, that's not true. We have spoken. <laughs> really, weird. yeah. Totally. Me and Danny have partied together. I've known her for a, a very long time. Almost the entire time I've been up in Seattle, yes. for sure. Um, but no, like it got to a certain point where um, pot just gave me anxiety and I was like, I really don't need help with my anxiety. <laughs> right, right. I already <laughs> got that popping off. Well, and now this new stuff that they got going on, because it's like all hydroponic, all, you know, they just juice it up. Man, You're just like, damn. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> There's people out here that are like, I can't smoke your guys' shit out here. It's just too loud. Yeah. I, yeah. But I know, I know some cooks, though, that can't cook unless they're stoned. Yeah, but uh, that's they not can't tr- take the stress. They can't take the anxiety in the kitchen unless they're, they're smoking unless but that's they're blessed. Not, but that's not true. I bet you that if they, if they were to actually like those are people and I know this because you know I hate I'm, I'm just going to say it because I never have said it on air. Ooh. From experience smoking weed and working does not make you a better cook. Right. It does not. Because you're not focused and you're not doing things and there's stuff and you that's when you burn you yourself. Are. That's when you burn things. But you think you are because you're in the zone because right. your mind is telling you that because you're high, you know, and you <laughs> think that you're like the shit. But in all reality, you're just floundering around looking like an idiot. <laughs> and it's like it takes a long time to realize that, like, you actually for somebody t- when you're, you know, addicted, I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, when you're on that. You need to take a break, and once you get completely sober off that, and then you do what you were doing before that you thought you were so good at, and you realize that you sucked at it because you're doing so much better at it when you're sober. Yeah. Then you realize you don't need weed to cook. But I mean, it takes a long time, and it's real. I mean, it's a crutch which people. It's don't a crutch, sure. and, it, and it's same like, with bartenders and drinking. Yeah, like and I it, can't get through a shift without a drink. Like try it. But it's hard to quit weed too, and a lot of people think like, oh, weed is just weed. You can quit weed. And it's mm. like no, drugs are drugs, and it's mind altering. Addicted to being yeah. in that altered state. Uh, sure. Not CBDs though. There's no psychoactive. I mean, yeah, there's no psychoactive in that. Yeah, but you know, it's just like <laughs> it's like coffee. High. Like it doesn't get you high. It does, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just like coffee and stuff. I think like the that. high is relative for you. Right? Oh yeah, it is. Relative. <laughs> but when you get that, when you get that, like tunnel vision, when it goes, <laughs> you're, you're stoned. That's my issue. I just tell everyone, like, no, just eat CBD. Fine. <laughs> I mean, you feel like you're fucking trapped in a cloud. But. They don't trace for that. They don't trace for that. Yeah, no, no. Uh, all right. So you are. I mean, you don't. You're not having any problems any anxiety any like um no actually you know, one of the from being in the kitchen you know i mean, I mean I, you know people talk about all sorts of stuff in the kitchen and yeah you're around alcohol nothing still. has been triggering yeah if that's that's i think that's what you're looking for and actually one of the first days i was asked to mise en place a recipe for fondue that had white wine like a whole bottle of white wine mm. and i was kind of concerned one for about them, that what two for the chef and um and actually what happened was we measured it all out i gave it to the gal who was cooking it three hours later i realized i hadn't thought about it once and i was like okay that's Last a win you yeah. know like this is work and you know I I just I don't have that like association with that anymore at this point yeah I guess that's good and you know the, the thing about it is is that even that I mean 
you're in an environment now that is very conducive to not doing that because everybody sure. is trying Much to, you know, than what I I, used it's, to. it's different because I'm not trying to say, oh, we're like the highest caliber restaurant. But when you move up in yes. sta- status yes. of restaurant yes. and you're working with pro- people who want to be yes. professional. I'm Yeah, I'm then, surrounded by career minded. Exactly. And that's the thing is once difference. you get to one of those restaurants, you weeded out all the fucking yeah. problems. People sure. with the problems. Mm-hmm. People uh, aren't coming in and being like, oh, I'm so hungover. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, no, we don't want to work with those motherfuckers. No, not at all. Everyone's detail oriented. We rare, you know, we do talk, but it's not like places where I've worked before where we're all goofing off the whole time. Like yeah. everybody's really focused. No, yeah, and I've noticed as well working, you know, in just multiple restaurants in Seattle, is that the the talk, like, what did you do on your weekend has changed for mm-hmm. me. Like instead of like, what did you do on your weekend? You're like, oh I man, so I got smashed. It's like, what did you do on your weekend? Oh, I went hiking or like mm-hmm. me and my girlfriend that, went and tried this new restaurant right? or like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying all I do is People fish all I do is fish yeah. now and ah. I'm like I go hiking and fishing <laughs> I go to the gym exactly uh, yeah I went home I was, I was at a wedding yesterday and I was like yeah I'm bailing out guys and they're like where the fuck are you going right. and I was like I'm getting up at 6am to go fishing yeah. I will, t- I will tell I you things. I will yeah. tell you this fatherhood has definitely changed the game for me because like I now do everything at a certain time like if if it's past 9 o'clock you don't catch me outside because mm-hmm. the boys asleep and I had a, a party for my birthday and it was like at 6.30 or 7 or something with like you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and like everybody came in and they and my buddy went home and the next day he was like, dude, dad parties are great. Like I had a little buzz. I went home. I went to sleep at like 9.30 and I woke up and I was I was rested. I was like, yeah, dude, once you pass that 10 o'clock cuff mm. and you're still drinking, it's game over. You're not, mm-hmm. you're going to be hurting the next day. Yeah. I don't know if it's age or environment, yeah. but the conversations have changed for yeah. sure. I don't know how long this, I, I don't know. I, I want to get to a point to where I can go. I can have wine with dinner mm. and I can go out and have a couple beers with some friends, you know, maybe once a week, twice a week, if that, but not get fucking plastered. Yeah. I mean, that's my issue that I'm having is like when I drink, uh, so many of my friends are, their tolerance is so high and they're just used to drinking every day, all day. And when you're hanging out with them, it's, it's not that it's a bad influence, but it's just a, a tribal thing yeah. that they're like, you know, joining on the fun and, uh, they get fucking wasted Yeah. and then you end up getting wasted too. And then it's just this perpetual cycle of being hungover, waking up, maintaining your, uh, being able to work and party at the same time. I'm just fucking yeah. over it. So I don't know how long this sobriety is going to last. Probably a, a, good, a good amount of time. Well, I mean, it's all what you want to make of it and like who you're surrounding Absolutely. yourself with and stuff too. I mean, it, it sucks sometimes. But sometimes you got to separate yourself from the environment that's causing you to do what you do. Mm. But I mean, it is what it is. Belltown is Belltown, bro. Mm. And I know you're never going to leave. Fan. I know Love you're never going to leave Belltown. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think that you do have the the mental capability of doing what you want to do. No, and I have such a vast um, variety of types of friends. Of people. Well, yeah. I know a lot of different people. And so I have many, many circles. I just feel bad. I'm starting to get that age. And I was like, I really feel bad for my friends. That's all they do is, yeah. is they're continuing to drink and abuse drugs. Yeah. It's hard to see, isn't it? It is. It's sad. And you try to get them to do sober things with you, like go hiking or, or go to a show and not get fucked up yeah. or go to an art exhibit and stuff. And it's like, really, if you want to spend time with them, the only way you can is if you go out to a bar. Yeah. Uh, or People have, have to relearn how to do things without booze. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the hard part. And yeah, finding what works and what doesn't work in regards to environment and people, like that's 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 part of the journey, man. And well, that's I mean, that's another part. We me and Johnny talk about the stress of being in a uh, working in a kitchen, but that's another issue you have in the kitchen is uh, you're surrounded by so many people that have um, substance abuse problems, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't think it, it's triggering for them to be in that environment. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people quit, uh, quit working in a kitchen is because yeah. it's, a, to- I feel like we've it's a toxic environment. In, in restaurants where people have quit because Fuck, man, like, did we talk about Brian's passing on the show? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, no, uh, shout out to any of our friends out there that, uh, listen to the show that used to work with us at Oddfellows and or Bell and Wheat. Uh, I currently found out that n- not a lot of them knew. 
Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't really want to promote. The, put, say, we have put to that, put that on air. We we have to. I feel bad. I mean, I've had like two of former coworkers that we had crying to me because I mentioned it in passing and nobody told them. So we had a uh, chef, our ex exec chef at Odd Fellows, uh, who took a bunch of us down with him to Bell and Wheat down in Belltown. Uh, he was having a bunch of us. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the all stars. Uh, 18. 18. He took 18 with us. Yeah. Uh, he took us to another restaurant, opened up a, a restaurant with uh, Forrest Burton, and he was the CDC. And he had a substance abuse problem. Mm. Uh, he was uh, smoking like heroin and pills. Mm. And I actually was somebody that caught him doing it. Uh, and I went to uh, Chef Amy, one of our friends, and didn't really know what to do about it. Uh, but we didn't want to put him on blast, but we did want to get him help. Yeah. And we loved him, and he's a very talented chef. Uh, I'm a great leader. I uh, still love him to this day, even though he's not with us anymore. Uh, but uh, they went to the higher ups, some of the owners, and the owners of the establishment offered him uh, to pay for his rehab. Mm -hmm. And they would have a job for him when he got out. Uh, he refused it, said he didn't have a problem, denied everything. Mm. And he seemingly kept going downhill. Uh, he got some help, relapsed a couple times, and he passed away. Mm -hmm. But he was so far disconnected from uh, our tight-knit community of cooks and chefs that uh, we just lost communication with him. Yeah. And we didn't really realize how bad he was doing. And uh, he passed away. And word didn't travel as fast because he was absent from Facebook. Mm. And word doesn't really travel. I mean, uh, yeah, word doesn't travel from mouth to mouth anymore. No. Um, it's all on the Internet. Well, it also doesn't travel mouth to mouth if you're not in the same city. Exactly. Mm. But a lot of us do keep in contact and uh you know i recently found out that uh you know uh not a lot of people knew and they're they were just finding out uh by me just mentioning it and passing so oh man um i mean i was i was i was literally in my car and i was talking just to an old co-worker of ours who isn't in the states anymore somehow he, he just got married i know right congratulations sir you know who Suhara. you are um, but he told me and I just didn't even believe it at first just because like I I was just like, oh, I mean, like, why am I finding out about this now? Because it had happened several months prior. Mm -hmm. Two months. Yeah. Two months. Oh, I guess. Yeah. A couple months prior. So um, <clears throat> it was just really tough because it sucks. And I've seen a lot of my chef friends go down that path and most of them have come back, which is really great. But it just just really goes to show that, I mean, it gets everybody, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. It just really sucked because I really liked him. He was a super nice guy and I totally didn't see it happening. And when I saw it happen, I was just like, that's weird. That's like out of character for him. Mm. And then it's just mm -hmm. like, and then this happens and you're just like, damn, that's like a good soul loss to be like over some fucking Talented, dumb man. shit. Yeah. Month, he taught me how to break down halibut. He taught me all sorts of shit, right? man. Yeah. Except the only thing I will, I curse his name to this day, is preserve, preserved lemon. Oh, bro. <sighs> that shit was weak. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you guys listen to this show and you're having any... Um, substance abuse issues or anything like that, feel free to email us. We won't judge you or snitch you out or anything like that. We will totally snitch out by their chef. Um, yeah. Get you, get you the sources you need. Yeah, For most sure. definitely. We know it's tough. Uh, I mean, I struggle with it. A lot of my friends struggle with it, but as long as uh, some people just need to admit that they have a problem. Absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of people, I think this uh, industry, uh, we're, we're moving into the future. And I think back in the day, uh, 10 years ago, it was, it was looked as looked at as weakness. Mm -hmm. It's a pirate's game, and uh, you're supposed to be able to party hard, drink hard, and be, still be a badass in the kitchen the next right. day. Right. Uh, but that leads to mental health issues, uh, health problems, and uh, I think it's, it's definitely the mindset is changing, especially with the passing of uh, the Pope. Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Well, you know, uh, and, the, and the thing that's the most messed up for me is like, RIP Anthony Bourdain. I love him. But this issue has been going on for a long time. Ever? Mm. And there's multiple chefs overseas that have committed suicide due to Michelin star, um, which has affected the cooking community. But this guy, since he, since Anthony Bourdain was so ingrained in the household, he was a household name. Um, it really sh showed the light on what's going on in this industry. And a lot of people are, are actually, I've 
talk to a lot of people who are like, how could he leave his family like that? Like, why would he do that to his family? How could he do something like that? And what I don't think they understand because they're not in the industry is what this industry does to you mentally and physically and how it degrades you down and beats you down and there's nothing left and you don't really have the capability of realizing like you have good things in your life and you're Mm. just so you're just so down there and you just put this mask on because you have to put the mask on and be happy and it just you know it doesn't always work out that way it only takes one second of bad judgment yeah in your eyes and you can and it and it's all over yeah, it's true. Uh, chef, Chef Eduardo, your chef, he had a great post about that. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people put out their uh, typical R.I.P. Chef Bourdain. Mm-hmm. I had a good one. I've I've met him before. Mm-hmm. Got to mm-hmm. chat with him for a second. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, he got everybody into cooking, and I mean, he and he with the allure of the dark side of cooking, you know, he. He really brought in, I think, a lot of the generation, the the millennial generation into the kitchen. You know, you couldn't you couldn't walk into a kitchen without being like Kitchen Confidential and having someone be like, that's one of the best kitchen books I've ever read. Well, I mean, he he got so I had the pleasure of being on a live podcast, uh, How to Be at Our Drinker, which is on the Soundcasting Network. We did a live show and I helped produce the episode and that. We didn't do, we specifically didn't, we were going to do a show about Anthony Bourdain, but we kind of, we didn't have time and we didn't want to delve into that subject, but he had me come up and speak about what Anthony Bourdain meant to kitchen and it got fucking dark, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of explained what Anthony Bourdain meant to me and what he meant to a lot of the cooking community and not just the cooking community, but the world, mm-hmm. you know, he shined a light on um, the cooking industry as a whole, not just America or New about York. About great food and how it brings people together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he raised a lot of issues um, and it got really really dark but what I would like to say about him is that he was somebody that people looked up to because he showed that there was a light at the end of the tunnel and mm-hmm. uh, even though you've done some bad things in your life and you've had a lot of troubles that you could uh, break free and you could follow your dreams and True. be successful in the industry mm-hmm. and uh, he was I mean I'm pretty sure he was sober you know he still drank and smoked weed but he wasn't doing any other drugs but that stuff still lingered in his mind and he still had mental health issues uh, and so when he passed away and committed suicide it kind of was like well what the fuck if he can't be happy and do it what hope is there for us dude i had no i was 4 30 in the morning because that's when the story broke on Mm. cnn and uh, i got a notification on my phone and i just woke i'm just usually up at that time because of my kid and i'm looking and i'm just like what? And then Sarah, my girlfriend, is like, Anthony Bourdain died. Oh, and I'm just like, there's no way right. he died. My phone blew right. up. Dude. Yeah. Text message. You know, and then, and yeah, and then it hit me the same way. Like, he couldn't, I thought he was, I thought he was happy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought he was he doing was good. Successful. He met the love of his life. Like, we didn't know anything didn't know about his was, happiness. But then it, and then it, and then it also makes me feel like, did anything, was it just food that got him into that depression or was it the fact that he was working so much that got him into depression maybe he wasn't spending enough time with his family and that got him sad you know there's all these can't dwell on the what if no I know but I was just like I'm wondering that's what makes me tick is like what got him to that point and like but to be able to help somebody in the future exactly what What can I do to like negate that you know and it's like for me I realized that like even just watching Chef Ed you know like he he what he does how hard he works every day and he has the the merit to show it you know with the two james beard but i'm like do i want to do that do i want to work like that are you built for that am i built for that and i'm like i could do it i think i, I could ponder do it. i ponder but that i'm like i don't want to and i think that's what I, a lot of people are realizing now and that's why you're seeing the pop-ups and stuff is like owning a restaurant is not what people want to do anymore. There's too much. You have too much at risk. People are losing homes. People are you know? losing their lives. They're losing their lives over mm. this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> why would you do that just for food? You know, when you can just have fun. I sacrifice my life right. exactly. for food. And like some people can do it and they're built for that and they, they make it happen. I ain't built and, for this shit. But like most of us are not. 
you know? Yeah, it takes a special person. And you know those Absolutely. people because they get Zach at 30 under 30. They get <laughs> food and wine, best new chef. You know, those are the people that are like, they can handle running a business because they have the drive to never Yeah, quit. some people thrive in that yeah. environment, right? And some of us just don't. Mm-hmm. Some of us are just cooks. Sink or swim, man. Sink mm. or swim. Sink mm. or swim. Some of us just want to make good food and people happy. Some of us just want to be part of the A-team, man. Exactly. <laughs> I love that you squad, dude. Yeah. Gang. Yeah. Gang. Yeah. gang all day. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's not a better feeling in this world than when uh, you're with all all stars on the line Absolutely. and shit is cracking mm-hmm. and everything is flowing and your chef is happy smiles laughs jokes and the food looks good and mm-hmm. the restaurant's quiet because people are just smashing that's the yeah. greatest sound in the yeah. world is a quiet restaurant yeah. nobody talking and you're just like uh, uh, uh. Totally. all right danny what uh what is in the future for you uh what do you see where do you see yourself in five years and um, uh where can people reach you at uh, she's gonna work saute at june I'm not gonna work Sunday. It's why not? Yeah, I don't even. You, you know it. what? Absolutely. Yeah, why exactly. not? Why, why not? not Do you know your ex? Your ex boyfriend taught me how to saute. Um, Shout I out Jake. Didn't Hyde. even know that. <laughs> Jake Earthquake. Earthcake. Jake. Uh, he. I couldn't. F- flip a pan so he fucking was like you're taking this pan home with you gave me a sack of mm-hmm. marbles mm. and he was like yeah. just start whipping these marbles he actually taught me how to saute flick it a wrist I love Jake that's the most right. stoic man on the line and that's why all our wrists are broken we're gonna get him we're gonna get him in the studio he's a very shy man who hates America but uh, we're gonna get him in he out. makes for a great conversation when you get him to open his <laughs> mouth oh man might have to feed him some drugs <laughs> won't stop talking uh, yeah where do you see yourself what do you want in the future uh, shout out some people. Uh, you want to give out your social medias if you're heavy on the Twitters or anything like that? I don't do anything on social media. Man, mm. I know. I know. Whatever. It'll all come when it comes. Um, for the next few months, I am going to be working um, back and forth with Chef Eduardo. He wants me to do um, four-week programs in both restaurants so I can find where I'm going to fit, be it front of the house, back of the house, whatever. June, baby. I'm coming to June, baby. Um, I definitely see my restaurant career spanning more than five years. I think within two years, I'm going to find myself much more comfortable in my position, like you were talking about. Um, I know that when I was bartending, I feel like you could put me anywhere and I would be successful. I was an asset to every place that I worked at. and you got, I want, you got good energy. Yeah, man, I do. I and love even you. though I love you, even though um, I am the least skilled person in the kitchen right now, that doesn't change my attitude or my vibe. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna put in hard humble. work. I'm Humility. gonna stay humble. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be the first person that says, "If you think there's a better way to do this, please show me." <laughs> you know, because I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. So within two years, I I look forward to having my skills come into place, getting much more comfortable, um, starting out learning good habits will be very helpful and within five years yeah I hope to know what the hell I'm I'm going to be doing in the restaurant world because like I said before it's a business that I don't see myself leaving Um, in the meantime um, when it comes to uh, my recovery aspect I find that um, I'm going to fair start and having people there that that put a hand out for me like once people do that for you like it gets under your skin that you want to do that for somebody else most definitely so that is going to be like when I'm not working and when I'm not, you know, at home working on my work skills on, you know, my, my kitchen skills, um, I'm going to be taking classes in regards to mental health first aid into life coaching, into, um, um, giving back to my community that has shown up for me and supported me. So that's going to be, you know, in work outside of work. And that's what we need. That's how we get, that's how we help the industry and the community. Community, man. That's right. Give back. Give back. Give back to the community that Share your experience you. because people Absolutely. don't understand unless somebody who has been through it. It is. I want to shout out all my people over in uh, the UK and in uh, fucking Australia. We got listeners Australia. and stuff. Mm. Uh, I've got some feedback from some of those guys who listen to Grow Hall on Steak Mister and a lot of them say it's just like it's nice to know that you guys deal with the same shit we deal with mm-hmm. over here. It's a community that span. it's a industry that spans uh, language 
language, uh, borders, and ethnicity, Absolutely. Uh, gender. Uh, and that's why I love the industry. Yeah. So um, I also want to give a couple more shout outs before we close down the show. Uh, Chef Alex up at Oddfellows retired from there uh, after He's five years. Looking good with that long hair. Right. Mm. He was out there whipping the boat back in Jersey. Peruvian Santa. <laughs> so uh, I look forward. I've been trying to get him on the show for like a We're year. We're going to get his ass on the and show he's now. he's down. But he's just busy, but now he has time. He's free, yeah. So I look forward to seeing what he's going into. Uh, Chef Jordan Melnikoff, we had him on a show. Awesome. Uh, he is going to be opening up, I believe, this weekend. There hasn't been a press release yet, but uh, uh, he took over the old restaurant, Rue. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of the his new place? I don't know. Anyway, uh, look forward to that. We'll promote it on our uh, our page. But let me get them ticks on that uh, family. We'll uh, be in there. Uh, Lock Colonial started, uh, broke ground on their new space. Oh, really? Shout out uh, Chef Joe Bailey. Joe Bay. Uh, any other shout outs we got to do since we're gone for two weeks? Dude, um, you know, I mean, we already shouted out uh, Eric Chef Riviera. Eric Riviera. You know, I, think, uh, I think, you know, that that's what's popping right now. And they're all looking for help, too. Uh, we've got some emails from people wanting stages and stuff like that uh, you can contact us we can link you with some people I know that June Baby's looking for somebody uh, I know that Eric Riviera is looking for somebody uh, the industry's always looking there's good restaurants good positions out there mm-hmm. uh, they're willing to teach you yeah mm-hmm. and my, my only mm-hmm. word my only word of advice if you're gonna contact us um, we're just gonna give you we're gonna give you the information yeah, to a, take it yourself we're, that's right we're not, we're not the name to drop no you know? mm-hmm. but we will send you the right information yeah. to get in contact and they will con- they will reply yeah, we are an incubator to send you on your way. We're like we're like the Google for uh, the food industry. In At least Seattle. here in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. We can link you up with jobs in other cities, too. Oh, bro, I can plug. We connected <laughs> out in these streets, culinary streets. Uh, if you want to contact us uh, through email, it's going to be... Uh, Grill how long steak, Mister at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to uh, check out our Instagram page, which is popping a little bit, a little bit, it popped, it popped, it it died, but we're gonna pop it again. Nah, it's Johnny's got some good pictures going on. What's it gonna be, Johnny? Uh, grill how long steak, Miss at Grill how long steak, Mister. Oh, about that Twitter's. Um, at how long steak, Mister. Uh, if you want to see uh, Johnny's Instagram page uh, with some babies and some foods and stuff like that, his new grill. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Gonna be Johnny. Uh, Johnny Tsunami, and it's mostly pictures of my son. And yeah, just a few pictures. Actually, my garden's popping off right now. Nice. So. I know. Congratulations, Thank man. You. I almost texted you and said, yo, you need a hand. But then I realized I have other stuff to do. But I do want to help you. We're going to come over here and smoke some meat. Yeah. Right? Mm. We're going to smoke mm. each other's meat. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. And then Maybe. we're, we're going to get down in that garden. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm down with that. Uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, my Instagram actually has been going off pretty good. Right? Uh, it's mostly fishing and artsy fartsy weird shit I be doing. Uh, check me out at Bobby Stills. Uh, and uh, check out the Soundcasting Network. Uh, there's a lot of other shows on there about booze. About artificial intelligence. The artificial intelligence one is trippy. Mm. It's hosted by a guy named John Gaunt. Also, uh, the Glow Up podcast. Uh, there's some international uh, MCs and stuff uh, be popping off on there. Uh, Little Big Shock. Yeah. Big, big shock. Big shock. Men's not hot. <laughs> uh, shout out the super producer, Keith Boogie. Uh, he's in Las Vegas, so he wasn't here today. But I would like to thank Studio 212 for allowing us to record here. I'd like to thank Keith. Uh, from the Soundcast Network for continuing to stick with us because we'd be flaking out sometimes. <laughs> but we're here. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Danny, you want to have the last word? Yeah, I do want to give a shout-out. I choked last time. I'm going to give a shout-out to the ladies at my house. Peace. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.